We're back on the Fan Morning Show. It's Fortsnet 590, the fan. I don't know what works, Bentley. You're going to have your lighter up in the air tonight? This is a... People do that still? Yeah. I've been doing a concert wave a your arms. It's a quiet one. It picks up, though. It picks up. It's just a little slower to kick things off. It's a long trip to... Bud stage? The part of the song that oh, gets yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, you're close. We tried. We tried. Uh, let's segue because that was not good. Um, <laughs> to our next guest, Bruce Boudreaux, former NHL head coach, Jack Adams Award winner, and hangs out on the panel on the NHL Network with our buddy Jackie Redman. Uh, <laughs> Bruce, uh, let's start there. I mean, uh, you, we saw the the clips, the screenshots. We saw the digital short for the WWE. How was your night at Raw, and how did this all come together? <laughs> um. Well, first of all, it was a lot of fun. Uh, there's, uh, but it, you know, we've known that they were they were coming to Hershey, and that's about a mile from my house. So uh, when I met Kevin Evans through Jackie at the draft last year, we, excuse me, we started talking and and um, became became friends, and and he just invited me to the to the matches, and I said okay. Uh, uh, he got me tickets. I didn't know they'd be front row, but uh, <laughs> uh, then he invited me backstage to meet some some of the wrestlers, and and, uh, uh, and then he said, "Hey, could you want to do some social media after?" And I said, "Whatever you want." And <laughs> and he put that skit together like in two seconds, and uh, that was it. But it was a really enjoyable evening to see these guys close up and to see how athletic they are and uh, how much fun it is, and so. It was a good experience. Well, you nailed the uh, the script the, on the on the fly there. We played it on the radio yesterday. It got everybody fired up, like want to run through a brick wall, and we heard you. Um, we did talk to Jackie yesterday as well, and she was excited that you got that opportunity because she knows how much uh, you love your wrestling. Um, she also did mention that maybe you dream of being a manager and getting yourself in the <laughs> WWE <laughs> ring. <laughs> so is that true, and, and how do we get that to no, happen? I- I can't even picture that, but I told Kevin last night, I said, we should do something where I come out and kick Paul Heyman's butt. He's my size. <laughs> and we laughed about it. But, I mean, uh, uh, him and Sami Zayn are big hockey fans, and, and we were actually talking more hockey than we were wrestling um, at, at the, in the evening. What would your uh, what would your like your name be your moniker like how how would you uh, I know I'm putting you on the spot would you be a heel Bruce would you be a heel I think I think you'd have to try well you know what it's funny when I, I phoned some of my uh, or told my my friends that I was doing it they said you got to turn heel on them yes. right in the middle of it you go behind you get a kendo stick and you just whack them in the back with that. <laughs> <laughs> I said I said that would be pretty funny. Uh, Somebody, like, I, I can't remember it, but it was um, a friend said last night, okay, you're going to be a manager, and we'll give you the name. Um, and, and I forget it, but it was really funny. <laughs> it had something to do with old age or something. But it was, <laughs> I, I just thought it was, I thought it was cute. So, uh, you know, it was a good evening and a good memory. Uh, but uh, quite honest, I'm, I'm still think himself of myself as a hockey guy. There you go. Still maybe workshop in the name, but you got the choice of weapon, the kindo stick, uh, ready to go uh, when it's handed I, to you. I can't lift the chair. I don't <laughs> think I can swing the chair. Yeah, right. <laughs> I feel like they got rid of the chairs. The chairs may be a little dangerous in the age of uh, concussions. Uh, let, let's uh, let's transition to the Maple Leafs here, Bruce. And, and you have a keen interest 
in the Toronto Maple Leafs, you're following them. And I wonder after everything we've seen over the last couple of weeks and, you know, sort of the uncertain future, do you worry about the future here of the Toronto Maple Leafs? I don't think I uh, worry about the future. I mean, they got so many really good players and, and I mean, they run a top notch organization. So, I mean, to fear it, I mean, um, I don't think that's, uh, that's the word I would use. I mean, uh, the only thing that good teams usually end up having a lot of times is the lower draft choices and, and, and they got to make those draft choices count. And the Leafs have been so high up in the schedule, our schedule in the standings lately. I've just, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the line of good young players coming, I hope, and I don't know the, I don't know their, their juniors or their minor league guys or, or what have you very well. And so it's uh, just hope that they, the pipeline keeps coming through, bringing good players. Uh, so it is an organization. It's been a top-notch organization for a very long time. But I guess maybe for the first time ever, we saw a little bit of the cracks. And maybe that's just a product of a relationship that dissolved between Brendan Shanahan and Kyle Dubas. Um, but it forced Shanahan into doing something he normally doesn't, which is, well, address the media by himself, but also be, like, brutally honest and kind of open the doors and, and let people into the actual inner workings of a front office that generally works in silence. Uh, that honesty that we that we saw, how would that impact the people that work in, inside an organization? I mean, personally, I think it, uh, I think they would, say well that's great because now there's no room to go for uh uh stories or uh, you know misrepresentations i mean uh, the timeline he used and everything i thought it was very refreshing uh quite frankly and uh, you know uh and he just didn't let it couldn't go anywhere because that's he was telling the truth so I, I, you know uh good or bad i just thought it was it was for John Q. Public, I thought it was pretty interesting and pretty good. I, I think he did the right thing. I mean, not necessarily firing um, Kyle because I have no idea about any of that, but he did the the right way of explaining it. I thought uh, he did a really good job at it. Do you think that would deter anyone for wanting to work for the Maple Leafs in the future? Are you kidding me? That's got to be the greatest job out there that uh, anybody could ever have. I would think that it like, I mean, if telling the truth is going to deter somebody uh, from working, then I think we've got a bad system going. I think that's, I think, uh, uh, look, at uh, you could name the, any 10 executives that don't have a job right now, and you told them that you were going to be offered the Maple Leafs job, they would jump at it quicker than you can, you know, uh, than anything. So it's, uh, um, uh, I, don't, I don't think at all that that would deter anything. We've been talking a lot about how this might affect the players um, in the day-to-day. Obviously, they, they're aware now of what's going on, but I wonder in your experience of being a head coach, how much the players either know or are aware of the workings that like a president, a GM, and the front office go through. We're getting a little bit of a look behind the curtain here between um, Shanahan and Dubis and maybe MLSC's, you know, the way they run it. But do the players really like have a pulse on that at all? Like, should this affect them so much um, heading into the offseason and, and the decisions that they personally have to make? I really don't think it, it will affect the players at all. I mean, you know what? Every team I've been on, I, I'm sure players talk to GMs and and GMs talk to players, but that's all real private one-on-one. 
if they're looking to get their opinions on things. It doesn't get brought out uh, uh, to the mainstream of the, the coaches never hear about it. So, I mean, uh, you know, unless – the, the, the general manager or president comes down and uh, lets you know that hey I've just been talking to this guy he doesn't like what's going on but I don't I don't think that that happens I, maybe I'm naive a, a little bit but uh, uh, you know I mean for the, for the most day to day workings of everybody it's usually the coaches and the players the GM is not always present the president is definitely not always present so uh, it's mostly I believe players and coaches that have to, you know, like a, if a coach leaves in a certain thing, I mean, he's one of the, the players' uh, favorites or the, the player loves him, and uh, and then, you know, he would worry about whether his role was changed with the new guy coming in type thing. But uh, I don't know if it would change much with a, a GM leaving or a president leaving. Uh, how about Sheldon Keefe um, in all of this? He's obviously now without a GM, um, somebody that he was tied closely to, and he's still got his, his job, obviously, with the Toronto Maple Leafs, but the idea that a new GM might come in and have a different voice and have a different um, route of how he wants to run the team, is, he's, is he in a difficult spot, and how does somebody just continue to roll through the offseason and, and try to you know hold up hope that he will be here next year? Well, I don't know if he's in a difficult spot. I mean... Uh... Uh, it's an unknown spot. I've been in the situation quite frequently, quite uh, quite honestly, and and uh, you don't know what's going to happen. But um, hey, listen, he's a good coach. He's a really good coach. He's got the the best record of any coach in the four years that he's been there uh, of anybody. I know us Torontonians and Maple Leaf alumni and everything. We want to win, but I mean, uh, um, Sheldon, uh, he, he should understand that. He uh, he is a coach, and and whatever happens, uh, uh, like I mean, I don't think anybody wants to leave out there. Daily. So it's uh, I'm sure whoever starts will let him know he's coming back or he's not coming back pretty soon. Uh, we're chatting with Bruce Boudreau. Um, this whole thing is kind of thrust under the spotlight. Um, you know the inner workings of a front office and how a really effective front office operates um in your experience in the organizations you've worked for what what is like the best format for a front office in terms of how it runs is it a highly collaborative thing is it one person makes the decisions and it's sort of like autonomy is pretty clear who makes all the who's uh who's in charge and who's ultimately gonna uh hold the or throw down the gavel um like in your experience what should a front office look like and how should it operate well, I mean, uh, I don't know uh, how the whole inner workings of it goes, but I do believe that the the, the most important thing in, in a front office is the coach and the GM are on the same page, and uh, uh, they have much communication, and they talk about a lot of things back and forth. And, I mean, they can disagree with each other, but, I mean, it's the communication that works. I mean, the coach and his staff has got to really communicate well together and, I'll be on, again, I'll be on the same page. Everybody's got to be, you know, you can't have different fractions um, thinking one way and other guys thinking the other way. And I think, I mean, but that all comes from communication from the top to the bottom. And uh, if that works out well, if the communication works out well, Usually the organization really works out well, and it definitely has uh, an understanding uh, of um, 
the the staff works out well. Like, I mean, I I gotta believe, and I have no clue, but it seems that Dubas and and Keith have been together for a long time. I would venture to guess they talked every day, and they were on the same page in an awful lot of things, which is great, which is what you want uh, in an organization. So, I mean, I think that's the best way to go about it when you have somebody. Uh, not liking what you do in anything in life, I mean, in any business, then all of a sudden, every time you do something that's a little bit off, they go, aha, that's what I don't like about them. Uh, and and it becomes tough to work like that. So uh, I just think that, um, uh, you know, the GM and the coach, they've got to get along and be on the on the same page all the time. Uh, this is a bit, bit of a tricky subject because, uh, uh, you know, we're far more attentive now uh, to mental health. Um, but Kyle Dubas mentioned how taxing the job was and how taxing things were on his family. And Brendan Shanahan kind of used that or at least his thought process evolved once he heard that, thinking about who the general manager of this team had to be. And it, it's tough, right? Because you shouldn't lose your job over that. But in hockey, if someone's heart isn't in it, is there like a place for them in such an important position? Like it sounds a little callous, but I, I feel like it's true because you kind of have to be all in uh, if you're going to run or be an important uh, player or person inside of a hockey organization. Well, I think you have to be all in no matter what you're, you're doing. And and it is is tough, but you've you got to know your market and you know got to know what you're getting into too. So, I mean, I mean, it's uh it's tough, but I, I think everybody's all in all the time. I mean, I've never met uh, any person in hockey that doesn't eat, breathe, sleep it, and, you know, worry about it. And, you know, I mean, uh, a lot of times uh, your family takes a back seat in the wintertime uh, in hockey because the, the job is demanding, but it's a job you want it. And, uh, uh, I, I, you know, I mean... It, for, for coaches, for me, like, I mean, I knew it was the only thing I wanted to do when I was done playing. So, I mean, I know there's ups and downs with it, but um, you got to, you, you, you know what you're getting into. I can tell you that much. And it's, uh, it's tough, but it's way rewarding. And, you know, uh, I, I think everybody that takes the job knows what they're getting into. We're talking to Bruce Boudreaux, uh, current NHL network analyst as well as a former NHL head coach. So you've been able to watch um, quite a lot of hockey here down the stretch. Um, two, three, nothing series here in the conference finals. I don't know how many people were predicting that and as well how many people were predicting the final four that we are seeing in terms of teams. Um, what have you maybe learned the most uh, watching and covering the playoffs this year from your vantage point? Well, you know what? Um, in the uh, What I've learned is uh, defense will win it uh, almost every time, and the the, the goaltending and the defense. I mean, it, in the regular season, it might not be look the look the best, but when it comes to playoffs, those teams that can defend and that are committed, uh, and they get the great goaltending, uh, usually end up on top. And you look at right now, Vegas is getting incredible goaltending from. Aiden Hill, which is obviously a surprise, I think, to most people. And Bobrovsky is is being out of this world um, with Florida. And those are the two teams that likely are going to end up playing for the Stanley Cup. 
and you've coached and played in kind of more the traditional markets, um, but but it must be nice, I think, um, personally, to see different markets get an opportunity to have their moment. Um, I, I know some people are kind of torn on that subject. I wonder where you fall in having, you know, Vegas, Florida, Carolina, and Dallas um, representation here down the stretch, and if that is hopefully good for growing the game. Well, I think uh, ESPN would like to have York <laughs> and Chicago in there, and but um, I, I do think that especially in the South, like I mean, this is going to grow the game in the South, as uh, the South Belt in the United States, and that's uh, probably it's growing. It's done a great job, but I mean, it's uh, it can only get bigger and better. So I mean, I'm all for. Uh, like the growth of hockey and, and doing what you can to make hockey the uh, the best sport. No, we think it's the best sport, but the most, um, uh, you know, like, like the, the I don't know what the, the words I'm looking for. Uh, we just think it's it, uh, it's the best sport, and to grow it and to make other people think it's the best sport would be great. And uh, uh, I have no problem with four new teams coming into the finals. It shows the parity of the league, and I mean. Uh, there's and and the toughness to win back to back. So it would not surprise me. Whoever wins this year is is not going to win next year. But um, uh, both these teams deserve to be where they are. Uh, it may not have looked like it for Florida, but it was only 2011 when the Los Angeles Kings ended up in eighth place, and then they just they dominated their way all the way to the Stanley Cup too. So I mean, it happens every few years, and uh, I'm really happy for it. I think it's great. So clearly the story in Florida has been Sergei Bobrovsky and this legendary run that he's on, putting himself in position to win the Smythe Trophy, maybe even in a loss in the Stanley Cup final, given how good he's played. But you mentioned ESPN, and of course here in Sportsnet, they're, they're going to be clinging to Matthew Kachuk because I guess he is like the personality. He is the guy who's uh, most interesting among the players left, at least in my opinion, and I think a lot of people would share that opinion. What What is it about Matthew Kachuk that makes him so good? I mean, we asked his brother this. Uh, a couple weeks ago, but this isn't the fastest guy. This isn't the most talented guy in terms of skill and shot and and all those things, but he's a really dominant player. What makes him such a special player? Well, I mean, he certainly is committed and uh, uh, like, I just think he, he fights every time, not fight physically, but I mean, he battles every time he's out there if his team he cares about winning and losing it reminds me a lot of tiger williams quite frankly um like he'll do anything to win he, he brings people into the fight if they're not in the fight i mean if he's losing he'll try to do something to shake up the team to win i mean he's got tremendous talent nobody in this league gets over 100 points two years in a row uh without tremendous talent so um he's if he's saying that he's not fast and not uh, can't stick handle or can't do this, he's sort of fibbing a little bit because he can do all of those things. And, you know, I mean, he's got, uh, he certainly knows where to score and that's the front of the net and he takes no prisoners going there. And like, I mean, you can see the energy when he scored those overtime goals, he's now got Florida into a situation where now if they score overtime, they just go right off the ice. And I think that's a galvanizing, mm-hmm thing for a team it's just something to grab onto and uh, I, I just think that's another reason that I mean he's leading the team offensively and from the goaltender out and Bobrovsky's leading from the, the goaltender in so I mean it's uh, you also see you know uh, Kachuk blocking shots out there he, 
me he's the package. He's uh, he's the guy you you build teams around, and usually you don't build teams around a winger, but you uh, build teams around a center or a goaltender or a solid, uh, a real good defenseman. But he, this is the kind of guy you can build a team around. Yeah, he does it all, and I think Bus in 10 is going to be right up there among the legendary things in Florida Panthers lore when all this is said and done. But you mentioned it, like he's a leader. He's the guy who's leading from the front, and if you look at the flip side of that or you look at Jamie Benn last night who kind of just uh, you know buries his team so early with that cross-check on Mark Stone, it just really does underscore the, the importance of leadership and that steady hand from the guys who are going to be, as I mentioned, leading from the front. You know what? Jamie Ben made a mistake, and that's uh, and that happens. Frustration gets to you, but he is a tremendous leader. Let's let's not throw his whole uh, game down because he made a mistake. I mean, uh, coaching against him for the last fifteen years. I mean, he's a guy that if if he's on, that team follows him anywhere. He's almost the original power forward uh, in today's era, and. You know, that's why he won a scoring championship. I just, uh, he made a mistake and, you know, and sometimes his temper got a whole, uh, uh, got away from him. But, man, I would take him on my team every day. And, and I guarantee you, if he's not suspended next game, and I don't know what the, the ruling will be there, there'll be one of two things. If he's suspended, the team will play so hard for him because they'll want him to play again. And if he's not suspended, he'll come and he'll play his best game of the series by far. Unfortunately, yeah, that, that reaction, if it's going to come, and I believe you, I think it will come. Just the only problem is it wasn't immediate, and now the Dallas Stars are in an 0-3 hole. Uh, Bruce, this was fun. We enjoyed you on Raw on Monday, and we enjoyed this conversation this morning. Thanks so much for doing it. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. That's Bruce Boudreau, former NHL head coach, Jack Adams Award winner, and now hanging out with Jackie Redman, our friend on the NHL Network panel. And ringside, the WWE. Monday Night Raw, was it? Yeah, Monday Night Raw. Yeah, we'll see when he's at the next one. He might just get a season pass. They're going to be at Hershey every year now oh, if they yeah. can get the Bruce content going. We got to get, we got to keep, you know, pushing him to get in there like manager. He got excited. You heard his little smile when he was mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, someone said I could be a manager. I, th- I think it can work. Yeah, he's got to be healed, though, because it's unexpected. He's such a lovely, jolly man. You can't have someone like yeah, that for, not for be For it healed. to be effective, you need to be shocked. Like, it's a he's, shock value, yes, right? You, you need You need him to hit, hit someone over the head with a kendo stick. I, I mean, I obviously respect Bruce Boudreaux mm-hmm. and the following Jamie Benn. Unfortunately, they did follow him last night. Yeah. It was a complete disaster for the Dallas Stars, like, the entire building was a disaster. Oh. The team played terribly. Jake Ottinger pulled. They all responded, it seems, negatively towards what Jamie well, Ben did. It was did. minutes it into was the just, game, it too. It was just an awful, like, I don't even know, I don't know how that's possible, that your captain, your guy could do that. It put them in such a hole, and they were in one already, and you got mm-hmm. fans littering the ice with beer. Like, it just was an ugly, ugly it scene was brutal. last night. It was brutal. And uh, I know our buddy Steve uh, Dangle mentioned on Twitter that he was that he reminded me that Jamie Ben was fined in back to back playoff games last year. So he's, you know, like he's got a I forgot about that. He's got a little bit of a temper to say the least, but I think that this is more than a fine. Like this is a pretty, pretty dirty play, you know, and mm-hmm. your team's down and that sets the tone. And you saw how the fans responded later on in the game. You saw Max Domi running around trying to cross check guys in the head. Like it just got out of hand and it it was it was kind of embarrassing. Like I you know, I think there was a point where Toronto fans threw stuff on the ice. We remember that. I believe it was even in 
against Dallas. Yeah, Jer- I mean, jerseys have hit the ice in Canadian markets. But like, We've not even jerseys, like garbage. Like, yeah. people were throwing full cans of beer no, on the ice. I mean, Jersey was Jersey was mad about the disallowed goals earlier yes. on this season in a Toronto game, but that was in New Jersey. Yeah. Nonetheless. But I mean, it happens. It, when it gets ugly, when mm-hmm. fans, like, it does happen. We're, we can't sit on our high horse and say, yeah, it doesn't happen in Toronto, because it does. It happens everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've been quick to say the same thing. Like, just, I don't think there's any, there's one time when you're allowed to throw things on the ice. A hat trick. Okay? Don't throw full beer cans on the ice. Because I saw videos, I was, like, scouring the internet last night watching this. Um, videos of people throwing from, like, the 300s and it landing on people in the 100s. Yeah, it's not good. Like, you got to get position pitchers up in the in the 300s. You're not making it down there. We saw that with the Blue Jays last night. It's not great. Um, do you think both series are going to be swept here? That's a, maybe a first ever. Yeah, I think so, honestly. Like, I just... Doesn't look like you're Bobrovsky's stopping either. not letting up. And mm-hmm. Carol, the whole thing on Carolina forever has been, well, they don't have enough high-end goal scoring. So they go out and address it. Max Pacioretty blows his Achilles. Evgeny Sveshnikov for the seat. Like, they tried to, they recognized they had an issue. They tried to address it. And now those additions are not there. They're not available to them. And Bobrovsky just has not shown that he's going to let up. And Dallas just looks like it's completely self-destructing. And yeah, maybe they respond. But Vegas is still Vegas, and you're going to need to be better than just like, oh, we're going to bounce back and redeem ourselves in order to beat that team right now because mm-hmm. they're playing at such a high level. Well, our dream of two sweeps in the conference finals in hockey and in the NBA died last night with the Celtics dream or a nightmare. Well, it was kind of it would be more a dream for like fun for like to talk about it for about five minutes. <laughs> be good for sleep. It would be good for sleep. Uh, nonetheless, the Celtics stay alive. That game goes uh, Thursday night in Boston, game five. But you have game four tonight, Hurricanes-Panthers at 8 p.m. Uh, that could be the end of that series. And then a little bit of lengthier time to wait it out before maybe the uh, Stanley Cup final, which could be next next week. Or I believe, are you, just I believe you're going to see Dirk Bentley in concert before game one. Woo! And that's, it's eight days from now. Like we could be in for a long break. Okay. Well, we've got some stuff to tee up in the wake and rake, including um, our Fanex cup picks for the Chuck Schwab. (laughs) Just a a wild journey. Um, I don't think it really should classify as a a Fanex cup pick, but I need to get back in there. I'm losing 2000 to $1,000 at this point because of Brent Gunning. Well, I mean, I made the pick. No. He dropped the ball for he me. Do, the he golf does, guy. He does hate live guys. Like hates. Yeah, live. that's well. Then it's understandable. So, you pick Brooks. Yeah, I don't think he was ever going to pick Brooks, which means I guess you could blame him. So we've got those picks in the wake and rake. Uh, we take your Jays Rays picks for tonight. Uh, maybe the over. <laughs> I don't think so tonight. Uh, no twenty to one. I would predict in this evening's game three of the Rays and the Jays. That's at six forty. Uh, first pitch there tonight, and we'll look ahead at the final, maybe the final game of the Panthers Hurricane series. So send in your picks at five ninety five ninety. We'll get to that after the break. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The JD Bunkus podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake up. Now it's time for Wake and Rake. You could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy. Show me the money. With Ailish and Justin. All right, it's a midweek Wake and Rake. 
Justin needs to win this one because he's hitting the links today. He's got to pay for Are his... Are those two things related? Well, I'm sure you would like a little extra change for the beer cart. Yeah. Coming around. Yeah. So yesterday, I go to the first range session of the year. Nice. Desperate, right? You working out some kinks? I... Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Just knock, knock, It's more knocking rust off, right? Like yeah. that's what happens. You gotta I'm, swing a few I'm not times. A, I'm not a big range guy, and therefore I'm not like uh, I'm a hack. I'm a hack golfer. I'll just admit it. How many bucks of balls did you go through? Two. Okay, that's originally it was gonna be one, and I was like, oh god. Yeah, that's tough when you go back and you're like, hey, <clears throat> can I get another one? They're yeah. like, you're trash, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> and it was more so. Okay, so I, uh, you know, time on my hands, right? Perusing YouTube. Couple, uh, couple instructional videos that you think might help you. What did you type in, just so I know, on the search bar? How uh, to be better at golf. I think I just saw it and then went rabbit hole. Like, I don't think I searched. Okay. Anyway, um, so I, I jotted some things down. The notes like app, the notes app got going. I, I bring it up right oh, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Share the notes so app. This, this is what Kipper writes his articles on, so it's kind of like you're you're almost Kipper here. Okay, so I got to do, do a little scrolling here, but yeah, the notes app is going, and I'm like, okay, these things I can you know apply to my game here, and we can see if I can fix a few things. Mine would say, head down, don't watch the damn ball. So those, those, yeah, those. I are know the, that one though, but I can never. It's hard. It's hard. Never, you want to know where that ball do. is going? Okay, so the irons. Yes. Oof. Number one, sternum over golf ball. Sternum? What are you, a so that's more, kinesiology? Well, I am. <laughs> <laughs> that's more of an alignment thing, yeah, so yeah. you want to, like, center the golf yeah, ball. Yeah, no, that sure, sounds sure, good sure, to me. Sure. I agree. Forearm alignment, I wrote down, and I was like, I don't know what I meant by that. You just wrote forearm alignment? Forearm alignment, yeah. Like, I, aligned I, so I which way? I wasn't really able to apply this one. <sighs> Five o'clock is my next note. I think that means, like, you're supposed to do, like, five degrees of where your backswing should end up. So I was trying to like play around with that one. These notes anyway, are trash. The, this is the this is the one that I think helped me though. Okay. Ring the towel. So this is the grip thing. Oh, with okay. Ringing the towel is, okay, you're ringing at a towel. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. two directions, right? Both your hands are moving in opposite directions yes. if you're going to ring a towel. If that grip is applied to the golf club, hmm. it may help you. And that's, it did actually feel really good. Okay. So that's the one thing. The irons, they felt good at the range. The driver, not so much, though. So I, give me some I driver some tips, because man, I'm in the same boat. Okay, so this is the key one. The I'm a we're both lefties. Mm -hmm. Left Lefty shoulder, life. left shoulder drop. So the left shoulder is supposed to be hanging down. Yeah, that's. Never I happening. tried to do that. Honestly, could not even make contact with the ball, with my left shoulder dropped. <laughs> so that's why. That's really why I had the second bucket because I took about 25 swings with my driver left and didn't make drop. good contact once. Contact once. So I abandoned that. <laughs> Um, the other ones are, you know, grip related, not as interesting as ring the towel, but Can ring we, the towel. I need a grip related tip. I'm trying to try the ring the towel. So for both for driver. And I, uh, I guess it would be for the driver as well. Okay. Uh, so these notes yeah, are pretty, that stabilized things a little bit. At least I think I'll go out and play today and it won't apply, okay. but, uh, yeah, driver still in shambles. Irons may have figured out something, okay. but how many times have I said in my life, I may have figured out my irons, <laughs> and then I haven't figured out my yeah, irons. Yeah, I um, I was in a similar boat when I got my clubs fitted a couple of weeks ago. The irons were looking dialed. Like, I don't know, I unlocked something special. I was feeling so good. I purchased those bad boys, put the card down, give me them, and then I got to the driver, and it just it wasn't working. And the lovely folks where I was getting fitted were like, it's kind of your swing. I'm mm -hmm. like, well, let's fix that quick. But... It, I had not spoken to these people before. 
And they're like, did you play hockey? I was like, yeah. They're like, you swing like you're taking a slap shot. I'm like, okay, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, it just, it needs to be a bit more fluid. I'm working on it, okay? So I'm, I'm going to hit the drive. I need to go to the range too, Justin. So I'll find maybe a little bit of a, a better YouTube rabbit hole to go down in terms of drivers. But yeah, everything it's else dangerous. was looking good. Everything I, else was looking good. I, I think what I've kind of realized is like, if you get to a point where you played for a while and you haven't made adjustments, it's kind of hard to reinvent. Well, and how I've you never had like real lessons. Like yeah. I went with my brother when I was younger and played with him, and he was always so much better than me. And so he never really wanted. And like older brothers, who's not like, "Hey, sis, let's go and I'll teach you." He's like, "Figure it out, hurry up!" Like people are waiting, and I'm like, "I don't know what I'm doing." So then I kind of mm. abandoned it for a while. And now I'm getting back. You know, I should probably just do like one or two lessons, just just to like brush up some bad habits, but I'm also stubborn. I've also told myself that, but I also think it'll be really hard for me to like just erase the muscle memory I have. That's it. Like I I don't know if I could actually change the way I'm currently doing things. So I might just be terrible forever. We need our buddy Adam Stanley to come give us some tips. What do you think Stanley's shooting? Like is he, do you think he's just like dialed? Oh, 100%. Do you have to be like a certain level of golfer to cover golf? I wonder about that. If you golf? cover golf and you're... And you're a hack, like is it just bad form? <laughs> well, I mean, you covered hockey. Fair. Oh, that was mean. That, that was I'm a sorry. little bit. I mean, I, I, if, you th- if I was thrown into any situation, I'd feel the most comfortable yeah, playing yeah, hockey. Yeah. I know. But, I know. But you're right. I mean, we, we've been in the, the press box uh, a couple times recently. Yeah. I don't know if there's many like dialed in hockey players. Hanging out, hanging out at press row. I don't know. I uh, a couple for I sure. Like the former players for sure. I like to just enjoy the golf, and that takes getting better at it, though, because it's not. If you're not playing well, it's hard to be, enjoy it. You just got to look and be like, it's a beautiful day out here. I got a bevy, and I'm in the sun. But also, why can't I hit this damn ball straight? <laughs> the bevies help. Bevies help. Um, all right. So best of luck today, Justin. We'll get an update. You got a little Wednesday golf action going on. Hopefully, I'm joining next week. We are. Uh, I'm going to grab my new clubs, which I haven't used yet, and hit the hit the course this weekend. I've okay. already solidified that. You go to the driving range first? Well, hopefully I'll pick a place with a driving range. I kind of like doing that. Mm. Just warm it up, get out there, not two trips. So that's to come. Uh, all right, let's keep talking golf, and let's do our Chuck Schwab picks. Does that count for the Wake and Re? We already played the music. We did. Wow. You want to play it again? I blacked out. Nope. All right. Charles Schwab is this weekend. Um <clears throat> We have mm, the block party making a debut. He will be selected. Why don't we just take him as a team pick? Because obviously, I think he's like so. We just 40, both, we both pad our accounts if he wins it. Yeah, then if he wins the Charles Schwab, everybody gets money. Then we we gotta first of all get this guy on the show, and second of all, we'll follow him around <laughs> at the Canadian Open. It's forty thousand to one odds. Four hundred to one, yeah. One dollar wins you four hundred dollars. It's worth it. Just one buck. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's not even a just five bucks. All right. Um. Yeah. No. No. I'd give five bucks. Okay. So. Um. I believe I get to go first because just as a quick refresher here, are we doing uh, two from the top, two from the mid range, one long shot? I like wish we had picked a different. Okay, let's change the format. No, to no, be no. honest, I made it very simple for Gunner because we kind of did it. Uh, I gave him the information right before we went into the next break. So we like just, a good leader you we are. We just did like a regular draft. Oh, let's just do that. Why are we doing 
50 plus. Okay, just do a regular draft. Let's just pick five players. But that, my thing with that was, okay, every week we're winning because we're picking well, from the top of the Well, that's more fun. Draft. I like winning. Okay. I just thought if someone hits a 60 to one at some point, it would be electric. But now we're probably never going to do that. Okay. So Unless you, you hit Michael Block. Do you want to, well, if I hit Michael Block, we retire. Let's do four. Not, it doesn't matter where they are. I love this. And then a long shot each, a Canadian each. I love that. Okay. Jordan Spieth, uh, plus 1,400. He has won the Charles Schwab before. He's been a runner-up three times. Uh, he's finished outside the top 10 just twice in 10 appearances. He loves this course. I'm worried a little about the lingering wrist injury, but if he's going to win, it is here. Um, and plus 1,600 or 1,400 will give me a little bit of a lead. So Jordan Spieth is my first selection for the Charles Schwab. I'll, uh, I'll match you at the Chuck Schwab with Victor Hovland. Of course, he was in the final pairing with Brooks Kepka last mm-hmm. weekend. He could have won that golf tournament. He's still waiting for his major, major breakthrough. I guess he would uh, be okay with winning the Charles Schwab Challenge uh, this weekend. Yeah. Uh, so he's in good form. He's 14-1 at all uh, uh, as well. I will take Victor Hovland as my first pick. Okay, um, I'll take Colin Morikawa. Uh, also, well, plus 1,600. Uh, he's been knocking at the door. I uh, hasn't won yet this on the PGA Tour this year, which is crazy. I think he's got four top tens, but um, knocking at the door, it is time. And um, plus sixteen hundred will also help me. So I will go Justin Rose twenty five to one. Uh, Justin Rose was also very good at the PGA Championship mm-hmm. last weekend. He was in the hunt. He's been playing very well. I will take Justin Rose twenty five to one. Okay, uh, we're just ripping through this. Eh? Yes. I'm trying to type and. Listen to the text line, giving me tips here. Tommy Fleetwood. Um, I like Tommy Fleetwood. Plus 3,300. Um, yeah, I'll take him now. I, sh- I should have picked someone else in the meantime, but it's too late. That's okay. I'll give you uh, a chance at redemption there because I'm going with the favorite. I'm in position yeah. now as the lead, as, well. as the person in front. I don't need to chase money. I will take Scotty Scheffler. Plus, plus 450. Plus 450 is crazy. Scotty Scheffler plus 450. Listen, it's uh, I'm not going to create much separation if Scotty Scheffler wins, but does he have the best chance to win this tournament? Yeah, so I'll take him. Um, I'm going to go further down the list here. Kurt Kitayama, uh, oh. T4 at the PGA Championship, uh, plus 6,000. And um, that's basically... The reasoning, I liked what he put up at the PGA Championship in the final round there. I think he was like shot like 65 or something, 62 or something crazy. He was 65. Uh, but he looked good to finish out there at Kurt, so Kurt Kitayama. Uh He's went toe-to-toe with a mm-hmm. big name before. Rory McIlroy beat him earlier this year. Uh, that's your fourth pick? Yep. So one more from the Anywhere tier. I'll go Cam Davis. He was also mm-hmm. very good last weekend. Like that one. He's 35 to 1. Picked him as a first round leader last week. Wasn't that good early on in the tournament. But uh, yeah, he found his stride as well. So I'll add him to the card this week. Um, okay, I'll take a previous winner then to round it out. Sam Burns, defending champ, plus 2,800. Um, no, you got to go beyond 50. Four. Well, Kurt is then. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, that counts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so Sam Burns, uh, plus 2,800. Kurt, plus, what, 6,000? Yep. So that counts for me. I've got Spieth, uh, Morikawa, Fleetwood, Sam Burns, and Kurt Kitayama. I'm going Sepp Straka, 90 to 1. <laughs> what? Sepp Straka was in the mix yeah. over the weekend of the PGA Championship. 90 to 1 sticks Let's out go, as uh, a pretty good number for a guy who's... i scroll uh, for that guy. 
Yeah, but he's not a scrollable name. That's I think crazy. He's, he's, a, he's a pretty good player. So All I'll, right, take, I'll take Sepp. Sepp Straka, a name for the ages. Um, okay, so let me type that in for you. So we got to find some Canadians here. Yeah, where's uh, Corey Connors? Not playing this weekend or what? Uh, not seeing Corey. He was looking real good for some of that tournament. We may have to abandon the Canadians because I'm not seeing Are there seeing any it. Canadians playing? Any. Well, they're saving it up for the big weekend coming up, you know? Yeah. I, I truly see zero Canadians. Do you? Okay, let's abandon the Canadians then. I don't see any. Wow. Nick Taylor's one. Oh, well, we can both Nick have Taylor Nick Taylor then. And... Yeah, I'm only seeing Nick Taylor. That's it. Okay, so abandon the Canadians. That's how fine about, How about showing up, fellas? <laughs> wow, shots fired. Um, okay, my rundown of my team for the Charles Schwab. Um, Spieth, Morikawa, Fleetwood, Burns, and K- Kitayama. And I'm going with Scotty Scheffler, Victor Hovland, Justin Rose, Cam Davis, and Sepp Straka, 90 to 1. Plus, we both get the block party, which is... And uh, Nick Taylor. And Nick Taylor. Because someone showed up. Good sharing. Um, all right. Best of luck to us all. Uh, that He's off tomorrow. Uh, Chad and Peterborough says, take Justin Rose. Rose is a previous winner in great form. Chad oh, yeah. from Peterborough. Thanks, Missed Chad. It. Matt and Chatham says, chapstick on, chapstick on the driver face will fix all your slicing problems. Wow. Nah, I, Next time I hit the range, I'll try that. Okay, one to two things at a time on the range. A full note list will crush your two buckets. And then somebody sent a link uh, for Rick Shields on YouTube. Informative and lots of fun. Oh, Rick Shields. We'll take a look. Thanks, That's everybody. a good testimonial for Rick Shields. There you go. That might be Rick Shields listening. Um, okay, Wake and Rake. We've got uh, two suggestions here. Wow, people just really... Mailing it in. Corey from Port Hope here is our loyal listener, though. My Wake and Rake pick today. I like the Texas Rangers money line versus the Pirates. Perez is on the mound for the Rangers, and they have a rested bullpen. Okay. And then we've got Jag and Scarbo saying, uh, the Wake and Rake pick I like is the under for Carolina and Florida, which I know isn't the fun pick, but most likely I believe in. So I kind of also feel that way. Yeah, I got to be honest. I like that one a lot. Uh, like- I got to check my Twitter. Did Ron and Juliana not message me? Oh, they just got it in here. I was nervous. <laughs> I thought, was something wrong? No, there they are. Good morning. For today's anchor, I'll take the Florida Panthers money line as I think they will end the series today. Jules will take Bo Bichette over total bases. That's a good one. It's not you didn't call. It's you didn't text in your I was worried I might have to message them, but they're good. Florida Panthers money line and Bo Bichette over bases. Okay, so what do we like? Do we like the under? I like the under because I also think the Panthers could close it out today, but the games have been tight anyway, so I think that's kind of checking two boxes. What's your pick? Okay, so I'm actually going to go Blue Jays um, raise over four and a half first five inning line. Uh, we talked about this during the break. It's Kikuchi and Shane, McClan- Shane McClanahan, who, I mean, traditionally they, they, they shouldn't be high scoring. Why did you convince me on this again? Well, Kikuchi's, Kikuchi. I, I don't know if I, I, don't know if I um, convinced you, but Shane McClanahan, the Blue Jays have had some success yes, against him. He's a said. very, very good pitcher, but mm-hmm. the Blue Jays have had some success. Oof, so risky and pick. you say Kikuchi, I mean, despite his turnaround, despite him being serviceable this year, I mean, he is hittable. He is definitely uh, hittable. And the McClanahan Tampa Bay... 7-0 with a 205 ERA. This is kind of a play on Tampa having some success against you say Kikuchi, And maybe it's a play on the Blue Jays' bats being hot after getting 20 runs yesterday. And a pleasant surprise pays. That if they get at McClanahan, then you win. But also, Kikuchi might, it might be a bit of a track meet. Okay, this is kind of going against all reasoning and logic and just more of hopeful 
speculation, but let's do it. Okay. Over four and a half first five inning line. Um, Jays and Rays. <laughs> do our best. Okay, I'm going to a game I surely won't watch, uh, but Ow. Zach Gallen has been the best pitcher in baseball based on Fangraph's war. He's pitching in Philadelphia this afternoon, so I guess I risk blowing up the parlay before we can settle down tonight, uh, before I'm off the golf course for sure. Uh, but Gallen's been good, and Ranger Suarez has been a good pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, so I'm going to take the under first five, four and a half. I'm going to mm. bet on Gallen pitching well, and I'm going to bet on Ranger Suarez uh, managing or minimizing the damage that the Arizona Diamondbacks could do. So Diamondbacks Phillies under four and a half runs, minus 115, I believe it, what it, it what is. It is now was. minus 145. Oh, there you go. <laughs> People are listening. <laughs> they got to it real quick, that's I okay. guess. Uh, Lock that, it in. That's fine with me. Um, yep. It means that it's probably the right pick, at least on paper. Okay, so under four and a half in the first five in the Diamondbacks Phillies, over four and a half in the Blue Jays Rays first five inning line, and then under five and a half, in Hurricanes and Panthers, is that where we're going to go? Big over under day. Yeah, I think that's the right pick. Okay, so altogether that's plus 497 for your wake and rake today. There we go. Best of luck. So um, I'm golfing today. What is, uh, what's what's your plan here? <laughs> it's Wednesday. I don't have many plans. No? Actually, I... You always have a loaded social schedule. I actually um, I've found a little doggy daycare to to bring Bunker to, mm. and he has this, like, a little, not an audition, but kind of, like, he has to go in and meet them to make sure that he's a good fit. Right. That's today. Don't so wanna, Don't want to mess up the vibe. Right. Like, they obviously can't, you can't just sign up your dog online and not bring him in to meet. So now, I'm is that to give you a break? Is that to give your dog some exercise? It's both. What's the... It's both. So it's a little, like, doggy daycare where they also play and whatever, of course, um, but there might be a time where I'd like to go, for example, golfing on Saturday and not leave him at home all day. So there's a cute little doggy daycare at Trinity Bellwoods area that I'm going to bring him to. There you go. And he's got a little audition, a little meet and greet. Freeing so, up some time. How is Bunker doing? We, you haven't stunning. really updated us. He's a wonderful, wonderful dog. Yeah? Yeah. Has anything, like, have there been big life changes for him? Because, you know, it's those first few months, first few weeks, there are changes but he weekly. He spent a weekend at the grandparents and mm. absolutely loved it. I thought he didn't want to come home. I was a little worried. Ooh. Life was good. Still impressive. He's spoiled. Yep. He's doing well. He must well. have got a lot of treats. We're working on leash walking. So if there's anyone with some you know, tips, he's only four months now, but the leash skills are just below average. <laughs> like my driver? Yes. You reach a certain point where you can't fix that? Yes. Uh, my and I, my I, dog I, is not a good walker. Well, the the thing is he doesn't want to go. Like we'll be at the park and I'm pulling, I'm like, come on bunker, let's go. And he just doesn't want to leave. So I need mm. to, and I don't want to be, make him like just treat dependent where I bring out a treat and he does everything for a treat. But at this point I'm like trying to get him to come home. We've been at the park for three hours. <laughs> Got the Jays games on bunker. <laughs> and so I'm no wonder why you're trying he to get doesn't want to walk. So tips, uh, please at Ailish for for getting the dog to go, you know? Uh, but yeah, the doggy daycare will be nice this weekend. I get to hit the links and he gets to play and meet some new friends. So he's a big audition today. So fingers crossed. I'm gonna you better make, behave. I'm gonna brush him nice, make sure he smells good. If he doesn't behave, you're not golfing this weekend. <laughs> then we're not golfing. The good on thing Wednesdays. about Toronto is there's probably I'd say truly 30 different doggy daycares within a stone's throw. But hmm. this is the one I've chosen, and I uh, like something tells me I behavior is important, but. Like cuteness is probably like criteria as well. Oh, they're like gonna the, love them. the person that that like greets you is probably going to be overwhelmed, and they're just going to immediately take. Yeah, I did have to retire the Toronto Maple Leafs bandanas he was wearing for a while. There, he is now moved on to. Did he? He's got a them. Blue Jays collar. Oh, okay, there yeah, you go. Yeah, that was a gift from Leanne. So thanks for Leanne for sending that Shout in. Shout out Leanne. Anywho, 
That's your wake and rake for today. Uh, big, big game tonight. Could it be the end of the Carolina hurricane season? Do we see a sweep? The first, uh, first team in the NHL Stanley Cup final? We will see. Uh, you got Kikuchi and Shane McClanahan on the mound tonight, 640 first pitch. And we will see you guys tomorrow on Baby Friday.